Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. For the benefit of the listening audience, we are recording live at Dragon Con. It is very glamorous. We are in a tiny room in the basement of a hotel. <laughs> this is a place where murder happens. Oh, speak- And also podcasts. Yeah, speaking of murder, come, come in. Come in, people who want to get murdered. Come on in. You can come in. I, no? think, I think that those people just thought it was a bathroom. Okay, cool. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about a subject that has never really crossed my mind to do here on Obsessed, but I reached out to one of my guests and said, hey, what are you really interested in? And they said, wordplay. So here to discuss wordplay is three wonderful guests. First, he's a musician, a comedian, and a person who was once described as a human smile. It's Mike Furman. Thank you. So sweet. She's a producer, a voiceover artist, and knows the lyrics to almost every theme song. It's Dana Swanson. Hi. (laughs) And finally, he is a writer, a comedian, and one of the best tweeters on Twitter. It's Frank Conniff. Thank you. Thank you guys all so much for being here in this murder basement with me to talk about fun wordplay. It's a great way to go. Yeah, it's so, a it's a murder of comedians. See, I already <laughs> yeah, Frank is killing it already. Right. Uh, so I want to start with you, Mike, since this is the topic that you offered to me as one of your true, honest obsessions. Yes. Uh, so what does wordplay mean to you? Does that just mean any joke to you? Does that mean puns? Does it mean double entendres? When you say wordplay, what does it mean? I'm still not a hundred percent sure on what. Uh, like I know, like a homophone, and like what things qualify as a good joke. For, I mean, yeah, it's puns. It's definitely puns. It's definitely double entendre or triple if you're a quadruple. I don't know. Um, <laughs> However deep you can go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, dad jokes, like really bad. Anything that's like, oh god, um, because I feel like. Uh, at least for me, I don't know if uh, how you guys feel about this, and I probably shouldn't bang on the table for the viewers at home um, or listeners. Uh, you could be staring at your thing. It's all right. People look at my waveforms for sure. <laughs> okay. uh, I, uh, I have a thing where uh, I, I feel it's surface level. Like it's, it's stuff that is not so much focused on the content of what is being said, but the choice of words. And, uh, and now I have... have mentioned this before one time before but uh i have recently found out that i am uh of the ocd variety yeah yeah an official uh, diagnosis for real official uh diagnosis um and uh one of those things is i think like i just latch onto stuff and don't stop thinking about it for a long time and a micro version of that is when i hear like when people are talking if i'm reading anything for some reason my first thought is just to pick apart the words the actual words okay. and not the content. And sometimes that will literally be like, I'll be a step behind in a conversation because I'm like trying to think if that, does that sound like anything else? Sorry, what were you saying? Like there'll be a, a, a it's almost like I also have a thing where I'll like, I'm constantly trying to think of what things look like, like other things or yeah. like, oh yeah, you kind of resemble that person. So there's like this extra program open in the background while you're working on this app, this one's grinding away. It's like SETI or one of those things that's searching for aliens or whatever. Yeah. It's constantly searching for like, oh, that's who it is. You kind of remind me of Lori Prepon or something like that. 
Um, yeah, it's one yeah. of the delightful parts of knowing you is I can recognize when your eyes kind of go back yeah. into your head and <laughs> yeah. you're, like, you're looking at the matrix code of <laughs> right. any possible jokes here. Uh, same question for you, Frank. Uh, what, what is wordplay to you? Well, to me, it's it's a lot of the stupid shit that I say. Uh, <laughs> like he just said, Laurie, prepon. I just thought I like grape prepon, yeah. mustard. Grape you know, pun. that kind of puns. I've always liked um, <clears throat> the uh, wordplay kind of jokes. And puns I've always loved. And part of it is it's a generational thing, having grown up uh, on the Marx Brothers, you know, who did a ton of puns in their movies, a lot of verbal, uh, clever verbal wordplay kind of things. And, and one of the interesting things about um, the Internet age that we live in, the Twitter age we live in, is, is, is when I started doing comedy, like, if you ever did a pun, like, people just disdained you and, and people <laughs> hated it. They considered it the squarest thing uh, in the world to actually do a pun. But now, thanks to Twitter and, like, because of like um, at midnight, suddenly everyone on Twitter, when that show is on the air, everyone on Twitter is trying to come up with puns all night long, you know, in those hashtag games. And, uh, and I'm very happy about that uh, development. Nice. You know. Nice. Uh, and Dana, how about you? What is wordplay to you? Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to necessarily put into a categories, even when you read, like, here's what it is, like, puns is a main uh, aspect of it, um, but the stuff that I really like are things that sound alike, like, this sounds like this sounds like this, and it's, I don't know if it's because I have bad hearing, or why <laughs> I like that, but, um, I guess, like, one that has really stuck with me was uh, I had friends that were like, oh, we're starting this band, Attracting Today's Women. And I was like, what, Attractive 80s Women? And then it, <laughs> and then it stuck, and that became the name of their band because, honestly, that's a better visual image. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think that that's So wordplay to you is reshaping other people's realities based on your hearing. Yeah, totally, totally, because <laughs> you can just change it. And, like, and, again, like just the power of words. Well, I've, I've heard that uh, I have uh, two little kids, and so uh, I was reading books on brain development. And one of the things is the way babies learn languages is by hearing the same words over and over and over separated from other context. So if you were like, oh, what a cute baby, and it kept hearing literally, what a cute baby, what a cute baby, it would never figure out the word baby is a separate thing. But because the word baby is like, do you have the baby? Oh, what a nice baby. Eventually it starts to piece out like the baby is the thing, and I seem to be the focus of that word. So like they start to separate things out by context. So, and I feel like I still kind of do what you do, which is like still look on the other side of the word and see if you can mash something together from those. And, and by the way, speaking of uh, being a baby, I mean, when I was a, when I was a toddler, m my first memory of this is literally the very first joke I ever remember doing. I think I was like five years old. And uh, my brother, Tony, was trying to, was, was playing catch with me. And he was kind of like instructing me, like, he, you know, he was like a few years older, he, how to play uh baseball and and um and he kept saying uh keep your eye on the ball keep your eye on the ball keep your eye on the ball and then the ball uh was on the ground and i picked it up and i put it on my eye <laughs> and i and i and i remember just and he and it really pissed him off <laughs> and i remember just giggling laughing delightedly as he chased me back to our house and and uh, unfortunately, my comedy hasn't gotten much better than that since. <laughs> but that was literally the, my first joke that I ever remember doing. And this is perfect to me because I want to get into a little bit of whether or not wordplay is 
innocent because Mike brought that up that sort of like uh, in like even within comedy theory like Freud when he was writing books about comedy theory he broke them into innocent wordplay in tendentious that has meaning and there's you know a, a satire or a point in it and I Frank this is fascinating to me what you just said because you're delighting in innocent wordplay mm -hmm. for the sake of innocent wordplay but also to piss off your brother. Yeah. So, like, is it yeah. that innocent if it's like, uh -huh. I tell a silly joke to uh -huh. piss people the fuck <laughs> off? Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, my brother, he, he, he didn't uh, troll me back on Twitter. Oh, wait, they didn't have that back then. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, but I, I really think that for me, though, it wasn't that I was trying. I, I didn't have the intention of pissing uh, Tony, my brother, off. Um, um, I think it was I just loved the stupidity of the joke, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and I think that that was the start of me just loving jokes and, and, uh, uh, love, just loving saying things. And I find that, that the jokes that, uh, um, like when, when we were doing cinematic Titanic live and there were certain things that, um, jokes that I could never get out because they would always make me laugh. And, and those were always the jokes that I would have found funny when I was five years old. Right. Oh, nice, you know? nice. I do feel like, yeah, if you do a bad pun, it's, you can identify a bad pun because there needs to be some kind of follow-up expression of, huh? Eh? <laughs> 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 Dana, you said you did some research on puns. You like puns. What, what is this research you so found? This is, this is based off the fact that, like, um, and I think much like all of us, like, growing up, it is it was so, just always so fun to make puns, and you realize that certain people look at you like you're a disease and that you have a problem. <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, I think, like, some of the ones that I remember the most from high school were, like, video game puns, like playing Final Fantasy and then being like, a sooner the better, right, guys? Come on. <laughs> sure you can, right? Like, just terrible, like, awful, terrible, but also to me amazing, right? So I was like, what's the, why is that painful? Why is that hard? And um, there apparently is a, uh, there is a known disease that is, it's like a, ger there's a German word for it. It's of called, course there is. Uh, yes. Uh, Witzelsucht, uh, which <laughs> basically means, yeah. <laughs> I love Witzelsucht. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's it's a, a yearn for wisecrack or to tell uh, inappropriate jokes at inappropriate times. And it's also known as the Joker syndrome. A yearn for wisecrack. A yearn for wisecrack. Yeah, Witzel, Witzelsucht. Totally. Witzelsucht, so yeah. So it's like wit. But the words suck at the yeah, end of yeah. it. <laughs> like with, it seems witty, but it sucks. Yeah, and then you're just you're you're sucking all of the context out of the situation. So like making a, a bad joke at a funeral is something that would categorize that. And it, it and actually into the the neurology of it, because I'm a neurology nerd, um, it is uh, it's damage to the uh, the frontal lobe, which I have, and I was like, oh no, oh god. So I was like researching this and I'm like, is this me? Is this me? Do I have this thing? Um, but it's damage to uh, the superior frontal lobe where uh, you don't take in uh, narrative context, you're only taking in that moment of the pun. So you're only taking in the moment of the word once it's said, and not like the entire time, the entire five-minute conversation that you're supposed to have been listening and That's then formulating it. totally what I do. I, me too, man. Yeah. So, do we have this? So Probably. Absolutely. Whatever it is you were just talking about, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys all have the whistle soup. Was yeah. that what is it called? Whistle soup. The whistle yes, soup, right? White soul soup. White soul soup. Yeah, sure. We all know German. Okay, so that makes sense that you would focus on not having this 
necessarily this complex joke, and you guys all make complex satire-based jokes, but that idea that you would just grab this one little snippet of space and time, and how quickly can I make that fun and interesting? That is my first go-to, too. Like, I have to consciously, like, no, no, go to the second. That's the obvious one. Like, or that's the go beyond us. Like, what is the content? What is some irony or something like that? Because it's yeah. just too... My first thought will be like, oh, does that word sound like any other word? No, dude. Nobody's going to want that. <laughs> yeah, because it also, it also ties into uh, people that, like, it says, okay, patients with white suit cannot make that logical connection in incongruity resolution jokes, hence why they communicate through nonsense humor, mostly in the form of puns and non sequiturs, which I also like. Yep. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. You know exactly what's wrong with you. No, I do. In, in a good way. In a good way. You, you've counseled yourself. You've diagnosed yourself. But it's beautiful. it seems like, though, what the problem is, is like whoever wrote that, the, whoever, whatever German guy wrote that, in the process mm -hmm. of analyzing comedy, you kill it, you know? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of feel all comedy dying and as, that's why that, as that, that thought process is <laughs> taking place. That's why all comedy died in Germany. That's yes, a, it's true. That's why there's no comedy. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. That's why we're here. I want to ask about uh, about a part of it that is the sort of the forcing puns on people when when they're not wanted. Like to me, the funniest thing is that eh or the come on, you know, you know. Yeah. Somebody could walk up to me and say an utter non-joke and just be like, "The table is over there." <laughs> and I would find the ah, really satisfying. Yeah. Like I don't need the pun part of it. So for me personally, so do you guys, as people who enjoy puns and wordplay, do you w would you be happier if you could just deliver the pun and people are like, yeah, I like that, or do you like the part of it where you're forcing it on other humans? I would like it if they just liked it. <laughs> to tell you the truth, because it, anytime you make a pun, you're really are risking disdain from from people around you, you yeah know? and uh, i'm on a radio show every day in new york and any you know sometimes i'll make a pun and it almost always is like it's either a good-natured groan or a hostile groan <laughs> but it's always a groan yeah. can you demonstrate yeah. a hostile groan no, I don't know. I'm not the guy to demonstrate hostile groans, but uh, sometimes people really don't want to hear hear you make puns. You okay. Know? I one time I was actually was actually on a TV show. Um, they were talking about um, giving people their Miranda rights, and I said yeah, and and then I made something about yeah, and, and it's even tougher when you deny them their Carmen Miranda rights. <laughs> well, thank you for laughing at that, because this was on national TV, and everybody just stared at me um, like I had committed a hate crime. And, and, and I agree. Zoomed, did I the did. camera zoom into yeah. your face? <laughs> yeah. See, no, to me, that there's... Uh, that, that's wordplay that's not just like, hey, that word happens to sound like this other thing. It, uh. There's... there's uh, inbuilt absurdity to it because of right, how Carmen yeah. Miranda looks and like, she would be pulling yeah. someone over and being like, show me. Because you are juxtaposing. I mean, much of comedy is basically setting up an expectation and then juxtaposing it with something slightly absurd or unexpected, right? right? So in doing that, you have created a weird combination of things that don't belong and there's going to be, I would think, with, especially with that, like a little trigger of ha! That's not right. You know? I like that ha. Like yeah. it's just very jazz hands. <laughs> there's a there's a dance move that goes yeah. along with like I landed a pun. Yeah. Um, what about though? Here's a question uh, for everybody up here. 
Um, I'm taking over the show. What? Um, <laughs> no. What? Uh, what about when you hear a pun that is so obvious, though, that it's like, do you get angry at hearing like if somebody's like, "Oh, that's punishment," and you're like, "Oh, come on! You're <laughs> yeah. not even trying." Well, it's, that's it's, like the first one. Yeah, it's the laziness to it, like because yeah. I think that's also a part of, uh, and there's like a like. Um, I guess like a snobbery to to doing yeah. comedy and to to being in this industry of like that's been that's played out like the, I have a friend who always says played out that's been done that's played out vampires played out like yeah. so that's the first thing I think of is like a punishment played out um, like, right uh, Meryl Meryl Marco who you know was David Letterman's head writer and uh, one of the most influential comedy writers of our time and someone who I revere. Um, she I read an interview here with her once and she said that she think. Uh, puns are an act of hostility on the part of people <laughs> and uh, and uh, that like I was upset me a little bit because I I uh, like I said I revere her and I, but I know now not to make any puns next time I'm around her. <laughs> it's nice to have the heads up yeah. uh, I want to ask you guys uh, to help me out with an issue that I've had as uh, mm -hmm. a Star Wars fan mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys have all seen Rogue One yes uh, yes uh, mm -hmm. there's a Darth Vader has made witticisms before mm -hmm. but in Rogue One he makes a straight up pun mm -hmm. uh, when he is choking uh, director Orson Krennic and he says be careful not to choke on your aspirations director oh wow and it, it, it still bothers me it I hurts feel like my that's, soul but that's not meant to be a joke is it it's meant, I think it's like double entendre but I don't, I don't expect I don't think they meant, meant for anybody to laugh you know what I mean like isn't that kind of just like an evil I feel like that's an evil joke but not a eh you know like <laughs> I would have liked it like don't uh, and turn to the camera and yeah, it's I would have liked it so much better if he was like, because uh, I mean he he can't quite say hey, he can't quite uh -huh. get to that. It's weird register. for Darth Vader to do for him to even feel he needs to do that, you know, like he's choking. He can obviously kill this guy instantly, and he's really trying to um, impose a thought on him of like you better watch out or you know, and so he can do all that just by being Darth Vader, but by and choking so, him. Yeah, yeah, and so it's. It's really weird to think of afterwards uh, Darth Vader thinking, man, I really burned him with that choke line. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to write that. Burned that guy. Yeah, I uh, kind of got stuck a couple sentences back, and then I went to the Kylo Renaissance Festival. Like, I just started this thing. Like, and then the Kylo Renaissance Festival. It's a really we'll, emo festival, isn't we'll it? We'll all go. Adam Driver will be there. It'll, it'll lightsabers. Like, everyone's just drinking pain and suffering. It'll be great. Like, I just, that's, like, where I got stuck, and then I'm like, this is just a self-fulfilling prophecy now. It's beautiful. Can you help me in any way uh, feel better about Darth Vader's pun in Rogue One, Dana? No. No, <laughs> I can't. Hey. I can't. I can't. You know, in Rogue One, too, um, Darth Vader is the only, and maybe I'm wrong, you probably know it better than I do, but is Darth Vader in that movie is the only instance of where the Force isn't, where the Force is a real thing for every other character in the movie, all the good guys in the movie, the Force is an act of faith. Mm. On their part, and so Darth, but but with Darth Vader, it's real, so he really feels he can make puns. Are you saying that because it's a, a forced joke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was actual physical pain. I wow. felt the radiation of pain. Mm. That is a thing of beauty. And there's probably going to get more of those noises because we're going to move on to playing a, a little game. Uh, we're recording here at Dragon Con, which is a big pop culture uh, geek convention. So I wanted to uh, give you guys names of existing like uh, geek pop culture stuff, have you uh, create a wordplay title, and then pitch me what that is. 
And the reason that I came up with this is because autocorrect phones really like wordplay and puns. Oh, ducking do. <laughs> they, they ducking, ducking do. do. I tried to type out uh, Star Wars A New Hope once, and it changed it to Star Wars A New Nope. <laughs> and I thought, I want to see that film. It's about, you know, giving people their space. I'd watch that. You know, and not staring at people when they don't want to be stared at. Uh, so inspired by that, uh, you guys can collaborate. If you, do you want to collaborate on it together? Sure. Or do you each want to get your own? Whichever. Let me collaborate. Whichever. No, you collaborate. Yeah. yeah this, this is beautiful. So I would like to hear a wordplay title and then the pitch for what this show is actually about, A Song of Ice and Fire. So first, give me a wordplay title, taking off a song of ice and fire. I feel like I'm cheating because I already have one. That's fine. So, I mean, it, and it was just based on the fact that last year I cosplayed as sexy George R. R. Martin. And the joke, <laughs> the joke was a dong of ice and fire. It's really easy. It's too easy. I think we can punch that up. All right. Punch up the dong. Well, I was going to say a song um, uh, of... Of ice cream and fire, oh. um, it's a Chris Christie vehicle uh, <laughs> from from Game of Scones. <laughs> <laughs> what happens to Chris Christie? Does he get ice cream or does he get burned alive? He um, he gets burned alive, but he but he keeps eating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, do you have anything for a song of ice and fire? I would have. I was starting to go with the song of mice and tires. Oh, yeah. about a mechanic's uh, shop that's run by mice. <laughs> is it, oh, wait, is it, does Mike the Mechanic do that track, too? Yes, absolutely. Amazing. Mouse Bring the Mechanic, back. bring it on back. That is so, that's such a peaceful, happy yeah, thing. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, well, I, I would see that. Uh, next up is It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, It's a Ponderful Life is the alternate oh, God. title to this podcast. <laughs> is that what you were thinking? <laughs> you and just said that? We just all hurt ourselves afterwards. Like, it's that, and then the cover is, like, instead of Christmas, it's just, like, somebody on a bridge, and they, they do jump. <laughs> so that's, that's It's a Ponderful Life. <laughs> See, I like it when the darkness comes in. Yeah. That's when I like Which my wordplay. Which is word also apparently part of that disease. So is it literally like somebody's just walking down a bridge, they hear a pun, and they just make a quick turn, and they're over the bridge? Yeah, yeah they're like, I can't do it anymore. This is too much. You're breaking me. There's no narrative structure. The beginning and the end don't match. I love that so much. I uh, was going to say um, it's a sticky, bunderful life. Another Chris Christie vehicle. <laughs> Uh, is he also burned alive in this one? No, he's not, but he, he goes on the bridge to contemplate killing himself, and the bridge collapses. <laughs> he's a large man, is the point I'm making. But luckily, he, luckily, bridge, yeah. luckily he'd closed off the bridge so nobody was hurt yes. for his personal. All right. That's good. Uh, do you have one, Mike, for It's a Wonderful Life? Uh, I would maybe try uh, It's a Thunderful Wife, which is about <laughs> Zeus and Hera. Uh. And uh, they have a kind of cantankerous, why you little? I think I saw that DuckTales episode. It was pretty good, yeah. <laughs> and are they at a tire shop as well? No. This By is, the way, I mean, was they created life, so yes. Okay. Was, it <laughs> was it called DuckTales because of autocorrect? <laughs> 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 Woo! Fuck <laughs> <laughs> damn. Oh my god. All right, uh, next up, the man with the golden gun. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and don't say the man with the golden pun or I'll jump off a fucking bridge. <laughs> uh, the man with a golden shun. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, the ba it's the scarlet letter, 
but uh, but instead it's on Broadway, so it's fancy. Like so, it's more like a golden letter. Like it's still about adultery, but it's just that now that there's sparkles involved. So that's mine. <laughs> that's lovely, uh, Mike or Frank. Um, I would say the man with the golden fun, and it's about uh, Trump when he's with Russian hookers. <laughs> I got a one person Topical. standing ovation, which I think is well deserved. I think the people who are still sitting I were wrong. I think it just shows incredible versatility on my part that it wasn't a Chris Christie joke. <laughs> uh, Mike? Uh, I would probably go with uh, the lamb with the golden bun, which is uh, it's a lamb and then it does its hair up in buns. <laughs> and then think about what could happen. <laughs> right? I, I can't think of anything that could happen. <laughs> think about what could happen. Like I, I just mean, like that. It the, could the, go to Comic Con as Princess Leia. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, I like it that. It could be in a sequel of his uh, cinnamon bun joke. <laughs> <laughs> it could be many things. Yeah, <laughs> this is fascinating because it gets right down many to that things. sort of like uh, j are jokes just a, a quick flash in the pan thing, or are they narrative? Right. Yeah, and, and we struggle to make a, a narrative for the man with the golden button. <laughs> yeah. At my age, they're a flash in the bedpan. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they're like like this kind of thing. It almost seems like, do you guys know what the Winchester Mystery House is in California? It's almost like that where you have to keep building on the joke even though it goes nowhere. Like You just have to keep adding <laughs> yeah. to it and adding to it. And yeah, I, I want to get back to this, but I, I forgot. I wanted to ask, do you, do you feel like puns are most successful when they are a barrage? Like you were talking about Marx Brothers, Frank. Uh, and I think part of their magic is that they're relentless. Like right. they, you're pounded with them. Do you think that is a, do you need to be pounded by puns to uh, have them be not, good? Not necessarily. I, I think it all depends on the on the context of of them and and in um in duck soup i think it is um there's a, there is a, a barrage of puns and it even becomes overwhelming for them because at one point um groucho and chico are talking and then uh uh, uh chico groucho says uh we're gonna need a standing army and uh, and then Chico says, you know what's great about that? And Groucho says, what? And Chico says, we won't have to pay for chairs. And Groucho literally chases him out of the room. He's <laughs> like, that's one too far. <laughs> I love it. Uh, next up is, for our little game, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh -huh. Mad Max Furry Road, of course, which is just what it sounds like. <laughs> Furries driving, furries. Uh, looking for the entire shot-for-shot shot recreation <laughs> of Mad Max with furries. Uh, and and what, what kind of furry is Furiosa? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a bear, because that's oso in Spanish. <laughs> so, Emperor Furioso is a, a bear. A bear. Nice, nice. Uh, any any other uh, ideas for Mad Max uh, Fury uh, Road, not I would Fury Road? Say maybe um, uh, Mad Max uh, kind of chill road. <laughs> not in no fury, just it's kind of cool. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm actually writing the spec script for the porn, which is Mad Max Fury Load. <laughs> so I'm hoping that that you know, I'm hoping it really goes through. I'd like to sell it. So, yeah. yeah, I'm working on that right now. I don't want to give away too many details. No, uh, and there's there's also a Chris Christie version, Mad, <laughs> Mad Max, yes. Mad Max Burley Road. Yeah. <laughs> He's very burly. We can make He's a very a homely, man. like a, neat, a nice, sweet version called Mad Max Fury Lane. No. Yeah. Right? It's like everything's kind of wrapped up, and this is the... 
he's got a, a couple kids and he's just like <laughs> yeah but he's still mad because those kids i'll tell you <laughs> I like that almost all your narratives involve somebody being angry in a kind of a cute, charming way. I was locked in a closet with the uh, honeymooners for the first 20 years of my life. I was sent to Earth in the uh, the little thing just like Christopher Reeve or the Superman, but instead of having Marlon Brando give me wisdom, I just had the honeymooners going. <laughs> Bang, zoom. Uh, so, Dana, I want to know, uh, yeah. for your, your, what is your porn parody? Fury Load? Fury Load, okay. yeah, that's like, I mean, I, I like, uh, unfortunately, that's where um, my brain goes most of the time, is to sex puns because of uh, work I've done with La Sexoflex, and I, I had, we named a mixtape, and I named it uh, Invagin the Pussibilities. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, it's just like every time I, I think of something, I always have to, like, do the I'm sorry afterwards, but it's still like, no, you remember it. Yeah. You're gonna remember it. It's still in you. So I'm still fascinated though with this uh, this difference between the the immediate joke and the narrative. And mm -hmm. we all know that people watch porn for the narrative. Yeah. So <laughs> I w I want to challenge you to tell me the actual story. Okay. What hooks us on Mad Max Fury Load? What keeps the audience coming back? <laughs> I didn't. I. You guys. Ah. I saw that coming out of my mouth, and I didn't ah. want to. <laughs> The word come is just a big part of the English language. It really, it is. It can really, be avoided sometimes. We need a new come. They really we do. do. Well, it does we, what it should. Well, first, doesn't a lot of it take place at the Tittadel? <laughs> it's called uh, the Citadel in yeah. the movie. I mean, all I can think is that there's a, there's, I mean, obviously a desert. There's a, there's a sort of desert and oasis metaphor you could easily get into. Yeah. But also probably just, uh, I, I think it involves a lot of sex on cars, and none of it is satisfying enough until uh, Mad Max finally lands uh, a sexing on, uh, maybe just an, on, on an ideal vehicle. I think sexing on an ideal vehicle. And then the, the fury load is unleashed, and then we have a whole new world born. From that, I think, yeah. yeah. I really? think, it, yeah, I think it, would, it would have a lot of uh, autoeroticism in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Darth Vader could come back and do the choke joke. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely puts that uh, scene where all the uh, water is coming down onto the people down below yeah. in a whole new <laughs> <all> unfortunate light. <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. So these are questions that I ask everybody across all of the podcasts, so feel free to answer them honestly or with a wordplay jokes. Mike, we're going to start with you, and we'll go down the line. Right. Do you think about wordplay every day? Yes. And is that, do you feel like uh, it is out of both desire and your uh, newly diagnosed condition? Do you, do you feel like your wordplay is a part of your OCD? Yeah, yes. And... Uh, does it give you joy always every day, or is there ever a day where you're like, Mike, oh. stop making so many funny jokes, you bastard? I will say it is, uh, I feel like I should get some kind of a medal or an award for filtering out so much nonsense that happens in here. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, stop it. Then like one, one good one will be like, yeah, it's kind of funny. You know, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's constant. It's an, it's a haunted house in here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, a joyful haunted house experience still for you? Uh, Two-thirds joyful. Okay. A third, come on. <laughs> Is there ever a day, though, where you wake up and it's like, I hope I just don't think about any wordplay jokes today? No. Okay. Good. Uh, Frank, how about you? Do you think about wordplay every day? Oh, absolutely I do. I mean, because cause I'm a writer and uh, I try to write every day and... Um, 
and I'm on the radio every day, so I'm always um, saying some kind of stupid shit at some point. And um, and that's not, but it's not something I'm conscious about or I think about that often. It's kind of it's kind of who I am and kind of what I do. So I I, I try to just let it be a stream of consciousness that flows, you know. Yeah. And whatever comes out, I'm always when people are going to say things. I'm always either going to um, have the Weisenheivel or whatever that's called. The, the <laughs> Weisenstuck. I, I, I love I love I love being I love. Uh, you know, now they call it snark. When I was a kid, it was just called being a wise ass, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and for wisecrack, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, a wisecrack whore I could go with. But uh, um, so I just let it, like stuff like that, I just let it come yeah. out. I don't think about it. And um, and that's just that's just who I am, really. Yeah, like as a comedian, you are not a person who needs to ramp yourself up and be on. Like you, this is this is you, right? You you are always kind of playing with words and ideas. Uh, yeah, I think it's just it's just kind of um, you know it's my livelihood for one thing. So it's just it's just kind of the way uh, it's just kind of the way I am, and and I also feel that with comedy it requires a lot of work but not necessarily a lot of thought you, you know what i mean it's no seriously yeah. it's like it's just kind of about um you know the best stuff is all in this in the subconscious you know so what i always try to do when i'm writing or just when i'm riffing with people is just try to let the subconscious come out that's where all the good stuff is yeah. that's where all the shitty stuff is too <laughs> but that's the thing of just letting it come out and hopefully some of it will be good right you, you know? get it all out and some yeah. of it will be gold uh, Dana, how about you? Do you think about wordplay every day? Um, so part of my job, my actual job, uh, is I uh, write uh, promos and sponsored commercials for um, for Adult Swim, and uh, a lot of a lot of brands uh, automatically have either have wordplay in them or lend themselves to wordplay. Like right now, I'm working on something for. Mountain Dew, and it was just too much like, and do, and then you do this, and then you do the do, and then you do this do, and then do happens, and there's do everywhere. How did that do get here? Like, it's just. And it, Mountain's like, I'm right here. Come on. Yeah. So it's uh, like, I'd, I'd say that that comes into, especially with like anybody who's in the uh, ad industry, it comes into play a whole lot. Uh, but then also just in my personal life, like, it's just something that, again, like, I mishear things a lot of the time. And that's where, like, a lot of my humor comes from to be like, oh, that's what this means. And that's what this means. And this sounds like this. And, like, in doing any sort of, like, work on the page as far as, like, maintenance writing and making those connections and seeing, like, what comes with what. I'd say that I do think about it a good bit. Probably not nearly as much as, as you two, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a big, it is a big piece of my process. Cool. Uh, Mike, if there was an Olympic event for wordplay, would you try to become an Olympian at wordplay? Would you compete? No, I don't think so. Because I don't. It, it, I think that would be a pressure on it. And yeah. I, you know, because there are like there are like you can go to competitions that happen around the country, and you know, like there are all these like pun offs and stuff. And I've never had any interest in, you know. Yeah, I I actually hosted a, a pun slam for a couple months. In I was LA. on it with you. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. And yeah, it, it's fascinating because some people they just have a real knack uh, for it. Yeah. Uh, like like you guys and uh, all, like everybody on on the panel. Uh, and some people just have the uh, sort of the anger version. <laughs> like you will accept my puns. Right. <laughs> uh, all of my puns were happy days puns, and I got the Fonz medal. 
you so you I mean you do actively do it uh, every day as a part of your job. Would you want to be? Would you have you ever done like a pun slam? Is that no? I uh, never have. <laughs> never been. Uh, I didn't even know pun slams were a thing until just now. So <laughs> I absolutely would love love to do that. Okay. And, I would have loved to have been on At Midnight. was never booked, but I would have loved it. <laughs> uh, Dana, how about you? I feel like I'm the, I, I feel like I, I have a lot of shame. Like, I feel like I'm, uh, out of all of us, I'm probably the, the shame punter. But, but I think that's also uh, going into, like, my own personal psychology and going, like, what's wrong with me? Like, I think I still have, uh, I, I, I am not out and proud. Yeah. I'm not out and proud, so okay. I don't think I could do it. But you know what? When you you know, it's funny when you say pun slam, and and I think that we live in an era now because of the internet, where language has just gone crazy, and um, you know, so stuff like calling something a slam, you know what I mean? It's like all the time people are like coming up with new ways of describing things, and and I'm I'm kind of I kind of enjoy all that, you know. And the internet, you know, the fact that you would now you say, oh, he. Uh, uh, I unfollowed her, or, or he follow Friday'd me, or you know stuff like that. Words that just phrases that just never existed ten years ago yeah. are yeah. now are now common things that people say, and it's it's really pretty fascinating, I think. Yeah, the sudden verbing of words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like cool. that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't verb is a noun. <laughs> or verb is yeah. Verbing the noun. That's right. Nouning the verb. Uh, uh, Mike, would you want the eulogy at your funeral to contain wordplay? Yes. Have you thought about it before? Yes. <laughs> I mean, not not in like in depth, but yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because right. it lightens the mood too. If nothing else, <laughs> like no matter how heavy things are, uh, if there is a joke, it's really hard not to go for it. I mean, I, like I don't think I'd if without permission, I wouldn't do it at a eulogy. Yeah. But uh, oh yeah, I would. I would absolutely welcome it. It is fun for me to imagine the sounds of people were actually weeping in sadness. Yeah. And then a pun they didn't like came. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Beautiful soundscape to me. Frank, do you want a a wordplay at your funeral? Um, Well, first of all, I won't care because I'll be dead. (laughs) But uh, um, uh, I, I, you know, I hope at my funeral that there's that people and because especially because I'm Irish too. Irish funerals are supposed to be fun, and, yeah. you know, people drinking and uh, making jokes. So I certainly hope that um, that there's that element to any funeral. But I, I really worry about this because this is really called uh, this is courting irony here. It's like, like I'm <laughs> yeah, afraid right. by talking about it, and then you know. Tomorrow I'm killed, and they're like, you know what? He was just talking about. <laughs> Ironically enough, he was just saying what he would want at his uh, funeral. Submit so. your jokes to info at franksdeath.com. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to be racked with guilt. I'm so sorry, Frank. Uh, That's okay. Like I said, I'll be dead. It won't matter. <laughs> How about you, Dana? Do you want a big old wordplay funeral? You know what? I want a trailer for my funeral with a lot of <laughs> wordplay. So, like, as we were talking, I was thinking about, like, I just want to, like, sit down and then, like, everyone's sad. But then, like, as, as soon as as, uh, as soon as my obituary is announced, I want that to be just, like, a, a really bad, like, movie trailer and, and just, like, Dana Swanson, let's put the fun back in funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring Eula Jean Wilder. Like, just <laughs> awful. Like, I want, I want the trailer. I want the promise of it being terrible and wacky and then everyone gets there and like we don't know how to behave or act and like no no that was just like that was something that she put together before she died 
<laughs> like, I mean, you can you can have a living will, and I figured, like, well, maybe I should just have a video that goes out that makes mm-hmm. all these promises but are never delivered on. Please make that trailer. It'd be great promotion for the podcast. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if you're watching this video, it's too late. It's time to party. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, Mike, would you get a tattoo that just says, I fucking love wordplay? Um, no, because <laughs> there's no wordplay in it. <laughs> but I did. That's, that would be part a, of the irony. I, I really did almost get uh, a tattoo. Uh, by the way, I did realize, uh, iron we, uh, irony-wise, um, that uh, Iron Man equals F-E ma- male. Female. Oh. Iron Man oh. equals F-E dad male. All right, that was one of my favorite little... Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> is that a dad joke? It's a dad joke. Totally. It's a chemistry dad That's joke. Also, That's a Walter what? White Papa joke. Come on. That's also, by the way, th- there's a weird thing, and I don't know if you guys get into this, but there's a bummer of an area of uh, wordplay where on paper it would kill, and spoken, you lose the, like, uh, oh, right. no, you got to think of it in terms of, like, I have to explain That's it really too much true. or whatever, and if you saw it, you'd be like, ha. It's you know? a good Sunday morning comics joke, like the okay. exceptional jokes. Like, right. it's, a, it's a great, yeah. Right. I almost got if I was gonna get any tattoo, I almost got uh, like some character like uh, you know like a Tibetan symbol or something like that on my shoulder. Uh, that would be just the word shoulder. <laughs> when people ask you what it means, would you? Uh, I'd say power you? and the strength of the sun. Or something <laughs> like that. Like, you just walk away, yeah. an idiot. Mercy and <laughs> tide. Uh, how about you, Frank? Would you get a word play tattoo? Um, no, because I don't, I've never had a tattoo. I don't think they would work for me. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a tattoo, uh, kind of, but I have heard of a, there's, there's a joke and here I am distancing myself from this joke before I say it, but, uh, uh, I, I did, there is a, there is a, a word play tattoo joke that I, I heard someone say, he said, um, my, uh, you know, on my penis, I have a tattoo. It says, uh, Toby. Um, but then when it's erect, it says, to be or not to be, whether it is noble in the eyes and the clears of Oh, I should have taken credit for that one. That went over well. <laughs> I, now I do want you to get that tattoo. Just that actual joke written yeah. out. Uh, run down your arm. How about you, Dana? I realize I have a wordplay tattoo. You do? I didn't mean to. <laughs> and then I got it, and I was like... Oh, um, so I I love cats. Yay. Um, big cat fan. And when I was 20, I got this tattoo of a cat. Um, and I'm going to stand up. And just It's right here. It's below my fanny pack. Um, so, like, right there on my body. And then um, I realized, like, oh, that's that's a pussy pun. Like, that's a pussy pun. Like, that's a – I did that. I did that to my body at 20. And and then I like really owned it for a while. So I was like, you guys want to check out my pussy? Like just as a joke. Like, I thought that was like <laughs> hilarious mm-hmm. at 20. Um, and then I'm 35. Uh, and but nobody I've been with has liked it. <laughs> like what, nobody. You mean, like, the, the joke. N- the, the the it or the joke. Like I don't know if if it's like you know this this is just this is a bad idea. But I did uh, the dr- uh, the drummer for Against Me at the time. I was backstage, and I, I think I, like, pulled out that joke. Like, guys, I want to see this hilarious joke. And then he's like, you want to see my monkey? And he had, like, a monkey tattoo, like, up his cargo shorts. And I was like, it's okay. Right, guys? Like, it felt a little, like, like a modicum better about it. Like, just, like, a little. Yeah. yeah. Be- so. What? Why did his monkey make you feel better about your cat? Because somebody else did it. Like, someone else did the dumb, I'm going to put the, like, 
the uh, the double entendre of the body part near the body part. But is a monkey the euphemism for, I don't know about you, Frank, but uh, I don't know if anybody's ever called it a monkey. I've been told I've been told I have a planet of the apes in my pants, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have never been told. You have like a Diddy Kong in your pants. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but I can only get erect when I see a Statue of Liberty on a beach. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, next question. Mike, if once a year in order to make wordplay jokes you had to wrestle a bear, would you wrestle a bear? Oh, man, um, like a, a, a gay dude with a big beard and... <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It sure. Might be fun. sure. Since it's wordplay, sure, all yeah, of that. Okay, sure. All right. Uh, how about you, uh, Frank? Would you wrestle a bear? Um, it would. If it was like, a, if it was a comedy bear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as I know, they've, they've, I've seen a few comedy bears in my time, and so, so hopefully it would. Uh, you know, I wouldn't get killed. Um, so maybe I would, but uh, if it was like a ferocious grizzly bear, <laughs> I think I'd be like, you know what, I'm good with not making wordplay jokes anymore. Okay, I'm just going to become a visual comedian now. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was a ferocious grizzly bear with a really good sense of humor? Well, then I might, you know, I, I, I might... No, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> when you said grizzly, I'm actually very frightened of grizzly bears. So. I okay. think that's nat and th that's normal, right? Is anybody here not afraid of a grizzly bear? Yeah, that's not. <laughs> but I've seen, fear. you know, like when I was a kid, the Andy Williams show always had this bear that ran around the set, which I thought was funny. So it was that kind of bear I'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, like comedy a, bears like are a awesome. cub, like a baby bear you'd yeah. wrestle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a cute bear. Uh, how about you, Dana? Would you would you wrestle a bear in order to continue doing wordplay jokes? I would wrestle Teddy Ruxpin. Oh. I take him to the ground. Um. <laughs> 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 you would, would you switch out his tape so it's just screaming in pain? <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out why some call him Teddy Suckspin. <laughs> Excellent. Here's the That's last. That's the groan I was looking for. <laughs> that was a nice hearty groan. Yeah. Here's the last how obsessed are you question. Mike, if every time you made a wordplay joke, a stranger felt an actual sharp pain somewhere in the world, would you still make wordplay jokes? No. I feel like Even if they weren't it. there, you just knew intellectually that somewhere someone felt a sharp pain and yeah, it's your I fault. No, but you don't do have to see it. No, I, that's not, <laughs> it doesn't change it for me. Okay. <laughs> it turns like out <laughs> that uh, people still exist away from me. Th these um, podcast questions double as a fun way to rate people's obsession and also a fun way to see uh, how psychotic my friends are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, wait, I don't see them? Oh, yeah. yeah. They could die. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> they could burst in flames. I don't yeah. give a shit. Uh, no, I would not do it. That, uh, would, that would take the fun out. How about, how about you, Frank? Um, that's like a mute point with me because I already know that a lot of my jokes cause a lot of pain <laughs> everywhere. People have been hurt deeply by them and uh, people have felt physical pain <laughs> and some of the shit I've said. So if, if one more person who feels of pain, that's <laughs> not going to really uh, affect my output at all. You've made your mark on the world. That's yes. awesome. How about you, Dana? Would you cause random strangers somewhere in the world pain? I, this is always a tough one because it feel this feels like a saw question. Like this feels like one of those weird. And I I can't watch saw. Like I can't yeah. watch. I can't do that. Like I, so I'm like ah, I'm like I can't, I can't watch saw. Like that's all I can think is I can't watch saw. And so now I'm thinking about how it opens with like Carrie Elway's. And I'm like, what happened to Carrie Elway's? Uh, but I <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's just like where where I am right now. Um, I think it would depend on the pain. Like I I uh, burned my finger on the toaster yesterday. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I don't really uh, make toasted items that often. It was a gluten-free toaster pastry. Um, and so, and I have a mark. And so I think if it did not leave a mark, I, I may be okay with it. But okay. the, since so, I have like, this mark, I'm... Internal I'm bleeding. <laughs> yeah, like something easily Causes healable. an ulcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something that could be rectified, I think, if you're okay with it. Okay. I I would take on a, a sharp pain for you guys making a word so nice. play. Because it would be like yeah. a mystical thing, and then I would be trained to love pain. That's because it wouldn't <laughs> hurt me. You know, it wouldn't actually right. like, cut me. It would just be like, I'm going through my day, and be like, oh, Mike made a joke. Mm-hmm. I, feel, <laughs> I feel like between the three of us, though, if uh, if you did that, that's where we would cut to the clock, and we see that the time is here, and dissolve to see the clock moved one minute, and you're dead. <laughs> like just, just <laughs> yeah, it would be hard to get through a day. <laughs> Hello. How, oh, it's just, oh. Yeah. Uh, all right. I mean I, that our jokes are side-splitting. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> I, ask everyone, <laughs> I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession, which there's plenty of noises to be made with wordplay. Can uh, Mike say with you, what noise can you make to sum up your obsession with wordplay? Uh. <laughs> is that the noise or are you buying time? <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's probably the noise. <laughs> just, that's what everything goes through up here, and then if it comes out, yay. But uh, before, it's like, oh, God. Can you uh, give me that transition from the uh, all the way to the joyful yay? Uh. <laughs> yay! <laughs> Birth of a pun. Oh, that was beautiful. I could feel it. Yeah. Uh, Frank, how about you? Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession? Oh, because that's the noise I risk every time I do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, uh, do you you take some amount of pride in that noise, though, right? Uh, I'd rather no. Actually, I'd rather not hear it. But I just like I said, that's that's the risk you take. And sometimes, like some people hate puns so much that they don't differentiate between a good one and a bad one. Yeah. So if they groan at a good pun. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. And if they groan at a bad one, I'm kind of like groaning along with them, you yeah. Because I'm acknowledging that it's that it's bad. But if if I uh, do a, a pun that I think is funny, I I um, you know I'd rather hear a la- I'd rather hear laughter. Believe it or not, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would it. say even that because uh, like a really good pun feels like oh I've mastered the language. Yeah. I'm awesome. And then a bad pun, I would. Uh, I think I would like to uh, edit my sound, and uh, a bad pun is more like. <laughs> like, that's me. That's who I am. All right. There is nothing bad about that sound. Well, that's, oh, that's one of my favorite sounds I've ever heard. Dana, what sound would you make to sum up your obsession? Hmm. Which is the sound of uh, disinterest and fatigue. <laughs> so, so, like, whenever you make a joke or you attempt a joke or a pun, and then somebody. Use, you're, they're not into it. Like they're acknowledging that you said something. <laughs> they're acknowledging your mouth moved, but you were unsuccessful. And so, like that's, I think that that sums up not only my fear, like where I, that's my fear where I think that I land on the uh, the wordplay spectrum, but also just like this is what could happen. Yeah, it's a danger. Yeah, it's the danger of it. These are all beautiful sounds, full of risk and farts, <laughs> from Mike. Uh, full of, full so of risk and that sounds like a Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> Full of risks and farts, signifying nothing. <laughs> Tattooed on a penis. Uh, so I've been rating people's obsessions, but it's been uh, more fun to hear uh, what other people think their obsession level is. So uh, from one to seven, one being the lowest, seven being the highest, uh, and we're running low on time here. Mike, where do you rate yourself in your obsession with wordplay from one to seven? Oh, probably seven. 
seven. It's, it's just constantly. It's part. It's written to the code. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't know. By the way, I feel like. Uh, the OCD thing is relatively new to me, and it might be one of those things like, oh, maybe that's also OCD. Now that I'm hearing you guys talk about it, it could just be who I am. Yeah. <laughs> it might not be. It might not be like there are other things that are more specifically OCD, but this is like, oh, it might just be part of like you said. Like I just my subconscious is like a yeah you know, boiling with meanings. Yeah, of words you've just stuff. wired your brain personally to a beautiful seven. On yes. the obsession level, when it comes to wordplay, yeah, yeah, I guess so. How about you, Frank? Where where do you land? Between yeah, I would, and seven? It would it would be a seven, uh, uh, absolutely. I think it's because it's just like I said, it's it's my it's my profession, you know. Yeah. So words are are you know as a comedian a, a big part of uh, of what I do. So as a comedian and a writer, so yeah, it would be yeah. a seven. Awesome, Dana. How about you? Uh, I probably have the lowest score here. I would say I'm somewhere between a four and a five because I, I really do enjoy puns and I enjoy other people's puns, but I have such a self-hatred about it that I feel like that knocks me down. Oh, yeah. so so what number were you at then? I think a four, a four to five, probably. A four to five. Like a secret, maybe like a secret five. <laughs> 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 uh, well, I have found delight in your puns and, and uh, wordplay, and especially when you turn your wordplay into costumes. Uh, it's, it's delightful, and I think you, you give people much happiness. Here are final questions. We're running real short on time, so just some fun, quick answers to these random final questions. Frank, if you could shoot either ice or birds out of your hands, which would you shoot? Oh, come on. Ice. <laughs> I like birds. <laughs> you I think you're creating more birds. Yeah. You'd be, you wouldn't shoot birds. <laughs> like you don't have a shotgun in your hand, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, you would be generating more birds into existence. Is, is it still? I, you would be creating the birds. If I sh if I shot them, they shoot, shoot out, them of, your out hand. of your hands. Oh, oh! I thought you meant like taking a gun and shoot. <laughs> oh, no, you you can actually shoot birds with your hand. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? I I think I pick ice because um, um, I hate like when I'm in a hotel. I hate being next to the ice machine. So then I could uh. just make my own ice. So yeah. it wouldn't be a problem. But That's then maybe that maybe my hands would be really noisy though. So. <laughs> I could be ultimately shooting myself in the foot. <laughs> be a weird sound coming out of <laughs> What was that? Oh, just making ice. Okay. Uh, Mike, if you had the power of flight, but you could only fly if you were holding an object in your hand, what would you want the object to be? Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'd go insane and make it a refrigerator or something dumb. <laughs> um, Fridge man flying yeah. through the sky. We're short on time, so I'm going with that. Fair enough. Fridge man's beautiful. Dana, if you could have one extra body part, such as an arm, a leg, or a face, which would it be and why? Oh, totally extra arm. Totally <laughs> multitasking. That's amazing. Yeah, you know how many times you have to hold your phone and do something else? Yeah. Yes, extra arm, 100%. All right, extra arm girl, fridge man, and ice hands, my superhero team I've put together. The final question for everyone on the podcast, uh, I'm going to have you answer, Frank, because uh, this is your first time on Obsessed. What is happiness? What is happiness? Um, happiness, to me, is the thing that exists sporadically through life and you have to try to be aware of it as it's happening that is a beautiful answer thank you all so much for coming that is our podcast you've been listening to obsessed joseph scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest rate five stars if you're impressed obsessed.